This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. All right, so we're, we're back in class with Dr. Greg Carr. Uh, subscribe, of course, and then give us some thumbs up, uh, and then spread the, spread the video around, Africana Carr. Uh, head of the Africana Studies Department at Howard University. We were talking about, you know, the protests and, and what comes next off, off camera. So I said, let's bring it on camera. You know, as we look at um, these companies scrambling to, <laughs> to, to make themselves relevant. We got the NFL now uh, apologizing for being, for not listening. They didn't apologize to Callan Kaepernick, but, but we look at a brother that three years of his life, four years of his life, you know, lost football you know football lifespan is short anyway yes you know and this brother didn't get to play even if they give him his job give him a job next year he, i don't know if he's in football shape that's a different kind of shape he's that's much right. older now um and now everyone's coming to this realization that uh, what what did i miss what did i miss it it doesn't ring true to me dr carr all of this shock of like how could i not see this and as we talk off off mic quite frequently, we've seen this before. My my concern, that's okay. My concern is that in a couple of months, it'll be back to business as usual. Something else will happen. We'll get distracted. There'll be an election. You know, yeah. maybe maybe Biden will be elected. I don't know what's going to happen. Yes. But if we get new leadership, then there'll be the sense of, you know, if he picks a black woman as his running mate, more, that like, you know, that we can relax. Maybe things will be, I, I need this to be a permanent change. Yes. I need what, what I'm seeing in the streets with the young people. And you said something really powerful about what's happening with young people having to deal with their parents now, you know, and what they're seeing incongruently and why this shift might be more permanent. Can you speak to that on, on camera? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I think, um, we're having a real challenge now among our educators on helping young people to think about what education looks like going forward. And you've been saying this, it's not gonna look the same. Um, it may very well be for the foreseeable future, what we're doing right now becomes the point of departure for everything else. Mm. Uh, we're not gonna be together physically. And young people, um, you know, it's a very popular set of shirts going around saying, you know, dear uh, whoever, white folks, power structure, um, I am not my ancestors, sign these hands. Like, like somehow we didn't have fighters in the past. This is why, again, I'm eternally grateful to you for our conversations, our weekly conversations, because it allows all of us, I mean, we learn from each other as we're having the conversation and folks who are watching and yeah, thank you too. I'm getting, I'm reading the comments and I'm like, people are learning and people are contributing. That is so powerful. In other words, people are saying, yeah, oh, Dorothy Porter. Oh, yeah, you're a Robert Church. You know what? My grandmother was, a, oh, my, oh, wait, my cousin. And they filling in the details. History is made by people. And so this, these young people who are in the streets are becoming more, uh, just in terms of contact. I've been down, to, down at the White House several days this week. Hey, have you walked on Black Lives Matter? Way? Not yet. I didn't go yet. I didn't go yet. I was down there earlier in the week a couple of times and uh, honestly, I'll probably try to sneak down there today. But you know, 55 years old, I got my mask and gloves because uh, this COVID is real. This is a pandemic. Please, folks, we got to be safe, which is another reason why I ain't like all them people with no masks on at George. Nah. Nah. <laughs> like, what the nah. No, you know? what are y'all no. doing? Exactly, exactly. So, but, but, but this whole notion, they're beginning to learn, wait, my, my parents, my grandparents, 
previous generations did fight. That's why I'm able to fight. However, there's also a very, I think, substantive pushback against being directed by certain in, in the older generation, certain people, certain elders, when it's not clear how this is going to advance our cause. We've seen these tensions before. You know, we, we uh, talk about the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was all young people um, coming together at Shaw University uh, in, in uh, North Carolina and Raleigh in 1960 to form itself. And they had been engaged in the student movement before that. Nashville, Tennessee, of course, my hometown, uh, A&T, Greensboro, North Carolina, Nonviolent Action Group out of Washington, D.C., and others, they're all there. Marion Berry becomes the first chairman of SNCC. But at that meeting, there was a real tension between this emerging youth thrust and existing organizations, which had done incredible work, continued to do incredible work, chiefly uh, the NAACP, uh, and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, which itself was a new organization coming out of Montgomery bus boycott only a few short years before. But the idea was they wanted to appeal to this energy in these young people and their, not only their passion and enthusiasm, but their genius in organizing, their consensus-driven form, but they wanted to incorporate them into these existing structures. And Ella Jo Baker, of course, one of the most brilliant human beings of the 20th century. Ella Baker, an alum of Shaw, coming out of Virginia. Ella Baker pushes back on behalf of these young people to SCLC and LACP and others, because she had worked with them, of course, Urban League and others. She had worked with them in New York and in Atlanta. And she says, no, these young people will work in community and network. We're all moving in the same direction. What you're not going to do is make them the youth division of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Uh, Brother Reverend Walker, Y.T. Walker, Reverend King, I respect y'all. I work with y'all. I'm the only woman around here, frankly, and that's a problem. But what you're not going to do is get these young women and men of SNCC to be your, extend your organization. They're gonna organize, they're gonna work together. That tension never really left. Mm. And so when we come forward, we see Jesse Jackson, who himself was a young guy out of North Carolina A&T, transferred to university, from the University of Illinois because they wouldn't let him play quarterback at Illinois. So he goes to A&T, brilliant, charismatic, deep roots in the, you know, the soil of the spiritual world, the, the, the Baptist church. Then you see Jesse all of a sudden now in 2020, Jesse Jackson, you know, facing his own health challenges as an elder, all he can do is be there. And, you know, we, we give him his, his due. Al Sharpton, who we know emerged in national consciousness. Uh, and it was, some, it was really striking uh, for me, Karen, to be down there. I guess this may have been Wednesday morning. Uh, or maybe it was, yeah, maybe it was Wednesday morning. Because it was before the Black Lives Matter was painted. And to see these young people, we all took a knee silence. They did a die-in. So maybe it was Tuesday morning. And they read the names of all these victims of state violence. And to hear them call Eleanor Bumpus and wow. Michael Stewart, they weren't alive. You know, we remember that. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. We remember when they bust in on Eleanor, Eleanor Bumpus and try to say she had a knife. A and grandmother. Blood. Oh my God! You know, this was this is this this set the stage for when Spike Lee has names called and do the right thing. You know, I spent the summer '89 working for the MSCP Legal Defense Fund, so I remember. I mean, we we thought this is it. Is this our generation to make this move? But they called all those names. But we remember. Tawana Brawley, and, and then here you have uh, Al Sharpton, C. Vernon Mason, 
uh, Alton Maddox. I was a law student. We had um, Vernon Mason come out and talk to the Black Law Students Association at Ohio State, and they was going crazy. Y'all can't have him. Jawana Brawley is a liar. We was like, we don't care whether she a liar or not. Y'all trying to say black women don't get raped out here? Y'all saying they're not victims of sexual assault? Y'all trying to say the police are good? Come on, Vernon Mason. Talk to these young about to be lawyers about what it means to stand for the race. And so Al Sharpton comes out of that. These young people don't know that history. They didn't live that history. They see Al Sharpton now, they're saying, man, here come Al Sharpton again. And then they say, here come Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson again. Everybody calm down. Every generation goes through those tensions. But what I think makes this moment different is that at the funeral of George Floyd, when we had uh, attorney Ben Crump, of course, Crump isn't the first lawyer to stand in uh, the face of white supremacy and advocate for black people. We know that list is extremely long. We know, of course, the Charlie Houston's and the Thurgood Marshall's, and of course, as you mentioned, we were offline, Johnny Cochran, all these people who have stood in line, the people who we don't know their names, but should know them more, like Polly Marshall, for example. Polly Con Marshall, Beckham. yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm sorry, I said Polly Marshall, the novelist. Oh. I meant to say- uh, Oh, that uh, is a novelist. Murray. Polly Murray. Yeah, <laughs> the great Pauline Murray. Yeah, Polly Marshall, of course, the novel. Polly Murray, didn't she go to Hunter? I think she went to Hunter College. Polly Murray is a Hunter, no question. Yes, and then Howard Law School. Yes. And then went back in her 60s and became ordained minister. She, like third wow. grade, is a we, saint. We need to, I'm going to put a star next to Polly Murray. Oh, we should Murray. talk about Polly yes. Murray. Polly Murray, okay. in fact, I'll tell you this 20 second story. Polly Murray was at Howard Law School when they were arguing whether or not. Brown versus Board of Education or desegregation would happen. Polly Murray told her professor at the time, the great Spotswood Robinson, who's another person we should talk about. She told Spotswood Robinson, I bet you $25 it's gonna happen. And it did. So I hope she collected that money. I mean, pa Polly, Mur Polly Murray helped write the Constitution of Ghana. I mean, Polly Murray wrote a what? book. She, she wrote the first textbook wow. on civil rights laws. She got all the laws around the country, Jim Crow laws, the laws on civil rights, put them in one textbook. So you use this book to teach. Oh no, Polly Murray's a beast. She, she definitely, but I mean, the, so Ben Crump is not the first attorney to emerge. He emerges out of this genealogy. When we see him in Minneapolis, when we see Al Sharpton, and it's like, okay, where are we going with this? Because these, uh, these young people and this, uh, this multiracial coalition and this loose network and this general strike is in the street. We need to see how that, which feels like it's different this time, even, yeah. if, not, uh, uh, even if not sea change, even if not event horizon different, which it does feel that way, but it's still substantially different. If for no other reason the social media has changed the game than previous iterations of even five years ago with Mike Brown or Trayvon Martin a couple of years before, it feels different. How does that relate to what's going on in this church? And when Al Sharpton gets up and says, we're gonna have a march on Washington in, 1960, uh, in the end of uh, 2020 in August on the anniversary of the March on Washington of 1963. Okay, between 1963 and 2020, there was the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. In fact, I was down there. In fact, they had two marches because remember Barack Obama spoke on a Monday. Sharpton right. had a march on that Saturday. We all went down. You know, before that, there were other, you know, there was a 25th anniversary of the March on Washington. Remember that? Because I want to say Coretta Scott King was still alive. I remember going coming down for that one. In other words, what is this cyclical March on Washington? And if we're, if we're telling you, uh, you know, the truth about the March on Washington, that was a celebration of or a culmination of that wasn't it, just my reading of it and please correct me uh, no. that wasn't the the march to threaten even though a philip randolph had you know was the organizer it wasn't even martin luther king they they inserted him to it but i i felt like somehow that was more of a show of unity than it was the actual apparatus to change 
Washington power structures. Yeah, in fact, it's so, yeah, Karen, you know, it's such a rich uh, body of dialogue about what it was and what it wasn't. And we both know, remember, you know, Malcolm's severe critique. Yes. When he called it the, the farce on Washington. He said it was a clown show. They had black clowns and white clowns. And then he goes through, and you know, we know Malcolm was, of course, a master of the incendiary rhetoric to get everybody's attention. And once he had us by the lapels, he was like, let me walk you through this. Once they realized they couldn't stop it, they joined it. And that's when Walter Ruther comes in, or the behest of the Kennedy brothers. That's when, you know, in other words, they organized it. And then they dictated the terms. Everybody had to be out of town by sundown. Nobody could bring a sign. Here's what the signs can say. And so you have the organizational genius of a Bayard Rustin working at the behest of the great Asa Philip Randolph out of Jacksonville, Florida, the organizer of the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters and Chambermaids, parenthetically, somebody else we should talk to, along with his wife about because his wife was running the beauty parlors out of Chicago. That's what funded his ability to organize that union in the first place in wow. 1925. But um, yeah, Randolph's lieutenant, uh, Rustin, is a, he's got the organizational logic, but the money is coming in from outside the black community. And what Malcolm puts his finger on is they're joining it so they can make sure they control the tempo. There's the famous stories, and I guess the, one of the few still living to tell it, is John Lewis who gives the speech for SNCC because SNCC threatens to pull out Julian Bond and them, all of them really, because they're asked to temper their remarks in the mar at the March on Washington because SNCC is the field soldiers. They've been out there to shock troops in the South and they're not trying to go with no accommodation and strategy. And so yes, the March on Washington in 1963 is a, is a carnival of interest that is only held together through this apparatus that is externally imposed in a lot of ways. So is it part lobbying effort? Yes, the Johnson administration. But of course, the bomb goes off in Birmingham the following month and kills these four little girls and two boys are killed the following, two, uh, following day in Birmingham. And some people say that's really where the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is bathed in the blood of that sacrifice, not what happened right. on the mall. And they had had a march like that not as big, in 1957. Dr. King had stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial at a prayer breakfast with Mordecai Johnson, the president of Howard and all them, and given a similar speech in 1957. In fact, he gave virtually the same speech he gave on, in August 1963 before at Cobo Hall in Detroit. And it was printed on a record and distributed by Motown Records. In fact, wow. I got a copy of the record. In fact, you can get I it. I bet you do. No, I, I mean, you, do. But you can get it on YouTube. You can go find this. Okay. And when you hear it, he mentions him at Till. He goes on through it. The largest difference between the speech King gave in August 63 and the speech he gave in Detroit a little while before that, a few weeks before that, was that, and this is according to Clarence Jones, who was his lawyer who helped him go over the speech that he gave. Mahalia Jackson, his favorite singer, was behind him on the steps. And it's Mahalia, who, of course, born and raised in the church, one of the great cultural forces of the 20th century. And if anybody know how to get a crowd, it's Mahalia. As many Negro preachers as she done stood behind and see whether they got the hoop going and got the crowd. Clarence Jones said it was Mahalia Jackson that said, tell them about the dream, Martin. And at that point, without even looking back, Martin channels Mahalia. And because she had heard him talk about that dream, the I have a dream's not in the script. The I Have a Dream was added, and that galvanizes, and that's what endures. Wow, I'm getting chills. Isn't that something? Because I mean, she also, mm, <laughs> And so, mm. but, but the crazy thing about it is that, um, so as you said, the March on Washington is a celebration. The March on Washington is a push for a policy agenda, because the official title is the March on Washington for Jobs, 
and justice. In other words, we need jobs. So the March on Washington is, is a lobbying kind of effort, even though most of official Washington leaves town out of fear. The March on Washington is an acknowledgement of the March on Washington idea, which as you said, was born in the mind of A. Philip Randolph, who had threatened Frank Roosevelt 22 years before to do it in 1941, which is why he is allowed to speak first at the March on Washington of 1963. Many people don't know, for example, that Josephine Baker spoke at the March on Washington because she's not, they, they, they shrunk it down to a couple of minutes of Martin King at the end. And those couple of minutes they focus on is the part that Mahalia Jackson directed him to tell the people. So everything moving in these parts, it creates this notion that this march is what legitimizes social protest in an acceptable way. And right. in the wake of 63, you got the Promise Keepers and all that. Of course, the Million Man March that comes, the Million Families March. I mean, the Nation of Islam been down at more marches than I mean, in the wake of this. But so when Sharpton gets up and says, March on Washington, August 2020, I'm watching and I'm like, bruh, you're a great orator. Nobody can disagree with that. It's a great eulogy you've preached for this brother. You're galvanizing it. But these young people in the streets, this is, this is where the thing has the potential of being not crippled, I don't think you can cripple it, but of being damaged. Right. Because, you know, Reverend Barber, Jeannie, Jeannie Theo Harris, the Poor People's Campaign that's gonna be online. Theo Lumumba. Yeah, but yes, exa exactly, you, you've had this conversation. They've been organizing for well over a year. How does this connect to them? Did you at least talk to them before you came and did this? Did you, or did you just get up and say this and now everybody got to scramble except everybody's not going to scramble this time. We know where the money is going. Meaning Do what? we? Do well, we know uh, where the no, money is going? Because that's, that's, that's really, I, 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 I need to, I feel like a lot of corporations are going to throw money at this to the organizations that they always throw money at. Yes. And I need us to follow the money. Where does that yes. money go? How does it impact our communities? We already know, when I th see Jordan Brand, 100 million, the NFL, the NBA, they're all putting billions of dollars into the pockets of the coffers of these black organizations. Black Lives Matter, I get that. I know where that money's going. I've, I've, I've actually followed that trail. I see the organization that's happening and the things that they get done quietly, by the way. Quiet. I just, I just, I, I feel like Dr. Carr, as somebody, you know, watching this, you know, from the seat that I sit and knowing a little bit of history, not as much as you. I don't want us to get anesthetized by this notion that, and, and, or let these companies and these politicians and this country off the hook by saying, we see you, you know, giving us lip service and throwing money at it and then going back to business as usual because they paid off a few of our organizations to keep us quiet. I said it, I said it out loud yeah, and I need, us, I, need us to, I need us to digest that. And, and no disrespect, because I think, you know, as I'm reading a lot more, I'm seeing that baked into this is this kind of payoff to people and they're willful. And maybe the people who take the money have great intentions. Maybe they have great intentions. I'm not even challenging that. But this historically has been a case where money has come in, all right, you got your marches, you got your legislation. What more do you want? And then we go back to business as usual until the next event. Yes. But nothing really changes. I need something to really change this time. Are you optimistic that something, I, I know the energy is different, you know, the faces are different in, in, in the, you know, on these protests all over the globe. Yes, People yes. seem to be emboldened in a way I haven't seen before. When, you know, 
people are speaking that have never spoken before. They're talking about Hollywood. They're talking, I mean, they're coming. Yes. I think I, I just, I'm just, I'm just concerned. No, I am too. You know, I share concern. I think we all do. And I, the reason I think that this might be different is because it's more ungovernable than previous iterations. And so when I, when I say, and like you said, follow the money, y'all watching this, write that down and do that, please. Follow the money. <laughs> follow the money because- um, I will be. Well, yeah, and you have been. That's why I say, I mean, so when you look at Black Lives Matter, or the movement for Black Lives, the various formations, we know in the wake of the murder of Trayvon Martin and then the, the killing of Michael Brown and then Sandra Bland and, you know, the, the say, their, say Their Names movement, the Say Her Name movement, when you see, uh, you see people begin to invest because people want to shape social forces and individuals don't defeat institutions. So yes, they're investing because they want to influence the direction of these spontaneous movements, these general strikes against the social order. So then we see the fractures within movements because, you know, as Lauren Hill said, funny how money changes situation. Somebody got a GoFundMe, somebody else got a little piece here, they getting money in their accounts. I mean, I remember in the wake of Ferguson, you know, you see some of the more prominent people who are always on television, always on the talk shows, then in the white magazines, then getting book deals. And then you contrast that with others who never leave the town where the thing goes on. And they're saying, now we're on the ground, folks. That happened in Baltimore, happened in Ferguson, happened all over. And I'm saying, so yeah, this isn't the first time those kind of things happened either. We see these kind of divisions. Uh, we see it at James Meredith's bedside, the March Against Fear. 1964, when Stokely Carmichael goes in, Cleve Sellers and them boys is out there like, yo, we're going to come in here. And Stokely's like, yeah, we're just going to be quiet. We're going to listen. We're going to negotiate. He says, Dr. King is in there. And yeah, we visit Meredith. Then we come out to plot what we're going to do next. We ain't going to let fear take this off. We ain't quite sure what Meredith meant, marching against fear by itself. And we're glad he's alive because he got shot. But we now we got to march. We hadn't planned on doing no more. But let's all do it together. So Stokely says, I mean, Brother Kwame says, it's him. You know, he's saying Cleve Sellers and them is there, Dr. King. And then who else? Roy Wilkins from the NAACP and Whitney Young from the Urban League. And Carmichael is like, these guys are already backing up outfit. They're like, yeah, because they don't think we can be controlled. And they got interests outside the room who help fund them, who they kind of leave. They can't really, you know. And then after we all agree to go ahead and do it, they withdraw. Wow. Urban League and NAACP ain't in that march that goes through Mississippi. And then he says, so he says, then I started seeing stuff in the newspapers, you know, critiquing, wondering if there's going to be violence. And he said, I wonder, some of that stuff sounds just like what we was, what they were saying in the room. So I wonder if it wasn't them that went to the newspapers. And, and this is one of the things I loved about Kwame Chiray. I did not know him well. I knew him to see him, to embrace him. Yeah. It was funny. First time I met him, I was like, yeah, man, my, uh, uh, my mother said that whenever I get a chance to talk to you, to tell you hello, he was like, who is your mother? And I said, <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. People always tell me that they remind. And he is, he's like, <laughs> oh, that was, it was so funny. I was a young guy, man. It was so funny. But yeah, I, 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 such a beautiful brother. But even in that moment, he said, but you know, I don't want to believe that uh, Roy Wilkins was against us. I just believe that, you know, he may have been tied up in something. He couldn't say what he wanted to say. Even in that moment, he was given. Giving him the. What, no question, which we have to be. And we should, yeah. Let me, yeah. let me, uh, I struggle with this so hard, Dr. Gray Carr. Mm. The, 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 the tightrope of truth versus protection versus building, you know, can you truly build 
you know, and, and I, I feel like at the same time, if that person's in it, can we really build strongly? You know, like, you know, can we have a, a shredded cord as we build this thing? Can we have somebody whose allegiance may not be to us, but to themselves? Can we, you know, is there, and, and, and I have come to the conclusion that all hands on deck. So, you know, I may tolerate some things and not say everything that I know or say everything that I see, but I'm going to put breadcrumbs out. That's what we do here too, by the way, the breadcrumbs, because I need people to come to their own conclusions about things. But I think, you know, it's important that we start to, to hold things up against the light and say, what, what do we want this future to look like? That's right. Are, are we willing to accept somebody that may be selling us out? Hmm. If, if it means we get in the room, it, it may be somebody, because I guess the hope is you're in the room, maybe once you get there, even though you're selling us out, <laughs> that you'll, you know, leave, put a wedge in the door, maybe somebody can come in. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know how to see this, though. I, well, I, I think, I'm a purist. I, I want purity. Oh. I, want, I want you to really love us. We, well, we should. Yeah, that's what I no, want. No, but, but what happens is, I think, uh, that's why I, want, I, I keep calling it the SNCC model, but, I mean, it's identified with SNCC, but it's really about African consensus. Uh, I think her name is Paletti, uh, wrote many years ago, not about maybe 15, 20 years ago, a book called Freedom is a Constant Meeting. And it's got a picture of these black church ladies having this debate on the car. I mean, the idea is that you get in the circle. The Kikongo have a word in bongi, mean a house without, where privacy has no room. In other words, mm. what you think belongs to you, but once it come out your mouth, it belongs to us. And now we got to talk about it. You okay. know what I'm saying? So, But talk positively, because I think we have yeah. not been taught how to do that. So it's no, like, oh, you throwing shade, and you know, you and, and oh, you went back, and then you carry a bone, and then you start the descent, and then everybody's fighting, and then oh, and there's a clap back, and then there's Twitter fingers, and it's That's like, right. no, no, the 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 question is, what's going to free all of us? Right. How do we? What does freedom look like? Yes. And who gets to determine the pathways to freedom, or build, help build these? Who gets to lead that charge? Right. Yes. And I think that's the conversation and we, and everybody who's stepping up to get in that space, because for whatever reason, are you, have, what are your receipts? Have you built anything? Right. Have you created the, the framework for success in Chicago, mm. in Newark, in mm. Oakland, like where, where are your works? Mm. You got organizations in all of these cities. Where are your success stories that's right. that we can look to and duplicate? And I think, you know, if we, if we start there, then it doesn't become personal because I don't want it to be personal. I, no. I just need it to be, I'm just tired, Dr. Carr. I'm, I'm tired of us being it because I see, I see the future and maybe several months from now, maybe next year, I, I pray to God, this is not it, but we'll be right back here talking about the next hashtag with, hmm. a, with a handful of colored folk because <laughs> <laughs> be, be black and others who will have platforms and book deals, mm. TV shows, you know, come on, and they'll be millionaires. You know, you know how it works. While the struggle will continue because y'all now have made it and you're good. Well, but this one, I think, and like again, again, I say, I think it might be a little different because of its ungovernability. That's okay. why I think, well, and, and, and I say that because, um, like you said, the violence, the field of violence we operate in is unchanged since they started this mess. Now people can say we made progress and we have, but we can evoke a Mary Baraka uh, who said, you know, talks about the changing same, 
yeah, it's changed and it's the same at the same time. And when you said this, like we 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 need to be free. We need to free ourselves. It reminded me of our dear sister, my girl from um from Birmingham, Alabama, by way of New York and now Philadelphia, Sonia Sanchez, who always said, you know, yeah, but how do it free us? <laughs> In other words, I understand everything you said. I understood it all. But how do it free us? So in that process, I guess, the reason I think this one might be a little different is because the momentum, I think, has the capacity to overflow, to exceed the boundaries of being governed by any one group. We need the Urban League. We need the MSCP. We need the National Network Action Network. We need people with on-the-ground infrastructure who we can channel things through. If you want to lobby, yes, we have the Leadership Committee for Civil Rights. We got the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. We need people in the Now, the young people in the streets, yes. And between them and those organizations, we got Movement for Black Lives. We got BYP 100. We got Color of Change. They're all different kind of formations. Now, some of these corporations are going to come out and try to fund some of them and then be like, now, once we got you on salary, we're going to move you around a little bit here and there. But guess what? It's too large to contain now because those who are making the real money, Nike having, you know, some people, some people are calling it woke capitalism. Mm. It's woke capitalism. But guess what? You kept Kaepernick out the league. Then your man's down there in New Orleans comes out as if ain't nobody fight in World War II except his, except his granddaddy. And you know, Brees, my, yes. you know what I'm saying? My father and seven of my uncles on both sides of the family were in the war. And I'm not saying that because I'm proud because they were drafted and all could have been killed. I'm saying that to say you ain't pulling no bloodshed card on us when it comes to a reason for the flag. You, that flag, and your mama can go away forever. <laughs> I don't never need to <laughs> see Not their mama, Dr. Oh, Gray yeah, my grandmama, great-grandma, all the way back <laughs> till, it, till it was my mother, uh, my mitochondrial Eve or Dinkinesh, because yeah. your mama, is her mama is my mama. So let's be very clear. Ain't none of y'all come from nowhere except us. So you don't, you don't get to pick on no white nationalism, you can wrap yourself in that flag forever. Because I ain't never wanted it while you playing for the New Orleans Saints with a fleur de lis on your side, which is a symbol of the Virgin Mary who goes back to ISIS. You don't even know the symbol on your hat. So just be quiet, Mr. Breezy. But at any rate, the point is, when them brothers came out on him, they was like, nah, do breeze. Then he went to apologize. But then when they made a little video the other day, and you see all these guys, including the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, the most valuable player. And I ain't watched the down of football since they won their capital back in the league. Right. But now, wait, that's a, uh, wait, hold on. That's Patrick Mahoney's. So now here come Goodell, the chief manager of white supremacy for the National Football. Now he want to get, why? Y'all scared now. But, and now, guess what? Jimbo Fisher at Clemson the coach at Texas A&M. Now they got to say, why? Because these boys and these young sisters who play basketball, run track, now they looking like, you know what? I'm not going to LSU. I think I'm going to Grambling. I'm not I going to Alabama. Yes. I'm going to Alabama State. You yes. know what? I was thinking about Duke or North Carolina, but I'm going to play for A&T. And they Guess should do what? it anyway. But, but, do it anyway. But, 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 do but, 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 this is my, what's what I'm saying. We've been saying that for years, but this, which is why I think this may be a little different, I think they're hearing it differently now. I don't know if you saw the young cat who's a sophomore high school. Yeah, I talked about him. Oh, did you? Yeah, Mikey Williams, right? Yes, Mikey, the best player sophomore in the. I might. I'm thinking about HBCU. Don't think so about bad. it. Do it. Tell it. Tell it. Come on, let's do it. That's. This is why Nike. This is why. This is why they're coming out with the ads now. Because guess well, what? Nike was smart because they went on a Kaepernick. They 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 funded sure. Kaepernick. 
Nike, sure. Nike recognized that Kaepernick's jersey was selling out even though he was not in a league anymore. So yes. they recognized the value, the commodification of Ka Kaepernick before the NFL figured it out. Because I always said it was stupid. If it's about business, Kaepernick's going, his jersey's outselling and yes. he doesn't play. Yes. And people are going to show up to hate him and people are going to show up to love him. That's you're true. Gonna, you're going to sell out and you're not going to lose. You're not going to lose. Yes. But your, 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 your racism wouldn't allow you. So this is why I know racism and capitalism mm -hmm. actually don't marry well. Because you will lose your money, your business, your bus company to st for your stupid ideals. Yes. Yes. Every time. Yes. Well, they're, I mean, losing a lot of they're losing money. They're losing money right now. They don't even know it. Sure. They don't even know it. Well, so you, anyway, so it's no, it's, it's, no, 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 no. Please don't apologize because I think this is where we get, this is where it gets very complicated. Um, capitalism, we know in its purest form is a zero sum game. People who are making profits don't care if people don't have anything, as long as there's a market for them. If the market is saturated or there's no market at all, then they have to, you know, they have to adjust it. That's why I would say we, we live in a capitalist uh, political, uh, capitalist economy, but politically it's kind of democratic socialist in the sense that yeah. there are some safeguards because you've got to have a market. You've got to have employees, but. And, that, and not everyone's going to be like Henry Ford with, no. who's smart enough to say, let me pay people enough so they can afford the very cars that we're making. That's exactly which right. Makes, and I'm a whole racist, which means. I'm a whole racist, right. Money. No question. No question. And, and, and I'm gonna have my segregated town of Dearborn. And yeah, but but at least they will have a salary. But 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 the point you're raising, though, I think, is where we get into what is very hard, difficult now, which is why we have to have education. We have to have study. It doesn't have to be in a formal school. It's like what we're doing now. We have to have these conversations, and then we have to study it because capitalism operates in a system of structural inequality that it that, that it's more that it's more compatible with. And so, you know, not to get too deep into the weeds on this, but you know, because I'm not a Marxist, I don't believe in labeling, you know, these things like this. But when you start talking about the critique of political economy, if you have a system that is set up to the advantage of those who have, owners, however you want to put it, the, the elites, however you want to put it, but you have most of the people in that society who don't have what those people have. And that, and that inequality keeps getting larger. At some point, that system is going to implode unless you have some checks on it. Well, and unless you were wise like the United States and placed a fake construct called race on it so that the people, even those that don't have, as long as they're white, and the majority of people in this country that don't have are white, Yes. As long as they can hold on to something that makes them feel valuable over the next person. Right. You can continue to spread that, that, that income, that wealth gap. That's right. That's without, right. without the consequences. Well, until, until they suffer to the point, uh, well, until two things happen. Until those people who you have convinced have a material interest in whiteness are suffering to the point where they might even be able to set that aside. And when we talked about in the previous moment, we were talking about Wilmington, North Carolina, and the fusion. And Helen Edmonds talking about, it wasn't because they liked black people, it's because they saw a mutual benefit. Right. There's always that possibility, but you're right, race is then always quickly reinserted. But then there's also another group. That is the group who is in deep proximity to non-whites who may indeed have undergone a change in values or a change in perception. And it's a small group. You don't want to rely on that group. But when we're out here now and you see majority white Black Lives Matter 
protesters in many of these cities, you ask yourself, what is going on here? And that some of it is youth, some of it is exposure, and some of it is the state violence has now, like that uh, that 70 year old white man in yes. we just ran yes. him over. I'm yes. Saying, you and are- let him, And let him lay there. Bleeding in the street. And then they all- Walked resigned. over him. Yeah. yeah, walked over and then resigned from that unit, although they stay on the police force in right. protest, in support of the guy- that Because they got suspended. Because so they, got they, suspended. they resigned because they, they got suspended. And, that's so, and so what, what are we seeing there? We are seeing you push where they're testing what you just articulated. Whiteness has a material benefit. George Lipschitz uh, wrote The Positive Investment in Whiteness. You go back before that, the black scholars are saying it in the 1930s and 40s. But to the point you raised, there is a material interest you have in whiteness. But is there a limit even to that? It looks like these proto-fascists are going to test that. They're going to test the limits of whiteness. At what point do you say, wait, that was my grandfather. You know what? I only really like black people, but I'm against you now. Right. You just you just knocked my granddaddy down the street. I mean, so I'm saying, once that happens, no amount of funded managers, okay. no amount of people you bring in and give a couple of dollars to, thinking you can control, and then they flip it on you or try to negotiate back and forth. No amount of those people are going to be able to stop that. And I really do think, finally, that these folks in the streets, when you see a Mikey Williams, when you see a pushback from the NFL. Like I said, not, it ain't the NBA. This ain't the WNBA. Maya Moore and them sisters in Minnesota saying, you know what, y'all killing Philando Castillo. We're going to wear this shirt. We don't care what y'all say. In or Maya Moore saying, I'm quitting the league for kids in cages. I'm not even going to play this year because I'm going to fight in The best fight player on the planet. Right. Yeah. Saying, I'm giving up a year in my prime. That's exactly right. But this ain't them. This the NFL. These are the ones who you have put to the point where they won't say nothing. Y'all had, y'all, everybody, remember, everybody got on their knees after it looked like it was going to be a slave rebellion. And then once you got it contained, you still ain't let cat play. But now your man's done shut off his mouth. And these cats who are all pros, now you got the stars. So I'm saying that's not going to be solved by March mm, in right. August. That's not going to be managed by a great speech. That's not going to be contained by a lawyer, spokesperson for the families. If we're smart at this point, the lesson we must learn from history is now is the time we build coalition. And now is the time if anybody strays from the coalition, we don't go chasing them. It's the old metaphor they used to use to us when they would tell us in graduate school, you know, the old story, the limping antelope. You know, you're going to chase an antelope for dinner. The animals chase the antelope and then when you, they see one stray off and start limping away, they say, oh, they weak. So you go after that limping antelope. And when that limping antelope gets you far enough from the herd, it takes off running. Wow, that was the decoy. So anybody say, oh, we're going to have a mark. That's a limping antelope. Look, let's fight. Wait, let's go. No, 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 no. Let's stay with the, We ain't got to agree in this pack, but we all moving in the same direction. Do not follow a limping antelope. Because the limping antelope, you look up, you won't have no movement no more. And, 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 and if the limping antelope is working for the group, He'll come back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because no, nobody want to be somewhere by themselves. And, and that's why I say I don't really have a critique. It's not about personalities. It's about strategy. But I, and I would agree with you, Karen. You got to follow the money. Because these people are not going to sit on the sidelines and watch the social order that exists just implode without protecting their interests. They're not doing this out of conviction. They're doing this because they're like, look, we, we can't mess our money up. So, yeah, expect more woke capitalism. Expect I look forward to it. Yeah. I'm going to try to get some of it. Listen, uh, we got Don't work, worry, because then we know what you're going to use it for. See, that's the good thing. No question.
got some got some plans listen yeah. let me thank you for your time i appreciate you. you uh you're an amazing human being follow him mm -hmm. on twitter at africana car africana car we're in class with dr gray car in class with car thank you for for doing this appreciate thank you this appreciate right. you oh and subscribe and give oh, us a please. thumbs up yeah yeah yes. thumbs up and all of that good stuff yes. yeah and and let him know what you think all right thank you till next week See you.